I'm Rene Ritchie, and I'm going to tell you if you can get away with just 8 gigabytes of RAM on Apple's brand new MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, or Mac Mini, or if you really have to pony up for 16 gigabytes. And even more importantly, I'm going to tell you exactly why, and I'm going to do it right now. Sponsored by Audible. I have never seen more questions, more comments, more tweets, more live chats, more more anything that I can remember than this. Should you get eight gigabytes or 16 gigabytes of RAM on the new M1 Max? And I am by no means alone. It stands out mainly because very few people ask this question anywhere nearly as much about the exact same versions of these machines back when they were on Intel. And maybe that's because the people interested in them didn't care really that much about RAM and the people who did gravitated towards the higher end machines anyway. But we don't have any of those higher end machines on Apple Silicon yet. So all eyes are on these ultra low power, ultra low end versions. And now maybe, just maybe, some of us nerds are hoping to use these as bridge machines until we get those higher end versions and are wondering if we can maybe save a few bucks in the interim. But others of you are absolutely legitimately looking to get a new Mac or your first Mac and you can't spend any more than you absolutely have to. So you really do want to know how much RAM you really do have to get. And here's my best answer, because there's just a ton of benchmarks out there, including memory tests, and they're fine. But they measure very specific things to varying degrees of accuracy and relevancy and require knowledge and interpretation far beyond just downloading them and hitting a run button and really need to be presented with a ton of context if they're going to be at all helpful to anyone. And there's also just a huge difference between running single tests one at a time versus running multiple memory-hungry real-world applications and bloated social media sites in endless Chrome tabs, especially ugly cross-compiled apps and games, and the intensely greedy Electron apps we're just increasingly being festooned with as of late, all at the same time for long periods of time. Between single app, single task speed and multi-app, multi-task headroom, between the OS and apps that we're running today and what all of us may want or need to run a year or a few years from now. So those benchmarks and tests can maybe help us figure out what we need, but maybe also hurt us into thinking we can just squeak by under the line of what we'll eventually require. All that to say and to explain that my recommendation is this, get 16 gigabytes if you can possibly afford it. Max last a very long time, for years. And even if you don't think you'll need 16 gigabytes now, you may need it eventually and you just cannot add more RAM to these M1 Macs later. It's literally part of the chipset of the SOC. What you buy is what you're stuck with. And I get that 16 gigabytes costs an extra 200 bucks upfront in the US or around $17 more a month on installments. And that can be more money than you have at hand. Over the course of three years, five years though, it will more than pay for itself in both the extra potential it gives you in that Mac and just the reduction of personal stress 
and anxiety it delivers. And if you think M1 Max having unified memory will just magically make them behave as though they have double the effective RAM, it won't. Unified memory, all that really means is that the CPU, GPU, A&E, all the compute engines have access to that same pool of memory. It has a huge amount of performance and efficiency advantages that just can't be overstated, but that pool of memory is still limited to exactly what it says on the tin. Now, yes, Apple does do a lot with things like memory compression to fit as much into RAM as possible. With machine learning for intelligent memory management based on anticipated work patterns, and with fast SSD to make swap invisible to the point where most people probably won't even know it's happening if you don't know precisely what to look for. But Apple did that with the Intel Macs that these new M1 Macs are replacing as well. Again, it's, there's no magic, no pixie dust. You will get as much out of whatever configuration you buy as is technologically possible, but that's all you're gonna get up to the limits of what you buy. And if you're someone who's just super into technology and really wants to see all the tests to measure all the memory pressure, I will humbly submit to you that if you know what memory pressure is, you just pretty much self-selected you into the get 16 gigabytes of RAM group by default. Just in general, if you have any concern or doubts or questions or stress at all, again, if you can possibly afford it, get 16 gigabytes of RAM. And I'll add this as well as an extra bonus rec. Unless you plan on streaming pretty much everything always, get more than the baseline 256 gigabytes of storage as well. The basic rule of thumb is get double what you currently have or think you'll need, but storage creep isn't just real, it's coming for you, it's coming for all of us. So yes, if you can possibly afford it, use 512 gigabytes as your starting point, which I know, I know, is another 200 bucks US upfront or another 17 bucks a month. And unlike RAM, you can add extra storage later, but unless you have it already, you'll still have to pay for it later. And unless it's blazing fast, you will probably notice the difference. Also, while it may be fine for you on a Mac mini that doesn't move around, on a MacBook, it can be super annoying, really an inconvenience to just have all those drives dangling all the time. It just kills the whole ultra portable part of the vibe, especially if you mean to travel a lot around the house, around town, around the country or world, you know, uh, when the world stops ending. And I don't mean to be a downer, not at all. I'm not trying to spend money you don't have. I'm not even assuming you're keeping a ton of photos, music, or videos on your Mac, like you know every YouTuber projects everyone else does because that's what we do. I'm just trying really sincerely to make this point. If you're buying a new Mac, you're probably fortunate enough to be able to earn more money, but you will never be able to add more memory not to these Macs, not ever. So absolutely, positively, do not spend a dollar more than you have to, but make sure you get something that will be truly comfortable and useful for you, not just today, but tomorrow, and most likely for a few years, several years, many years to come. It really is called future-proofing for a reason. So unlike a lot of things where I will tell you that if you need the higher-end machines, if you need pro-level specs, you'll know it, in this specific case, I'm doing the exact opposite. If you can really get away with the baseline models, you'll know it. You'll know it because you'll know your very specific needs, like using it as a thin client to access web apps, including all the Google services, 
or as a home theater box just for streaming video services with no local libraries as part of a production pipeline just handling a few specific tasks that are low demand but really high SLA between the big boxes. Or yes, for audiobooks, podcasts, and just thousands and thousands of originals from Audible. I've been using Audible forever, basically, since the very first days of MacBreak, back when I used to spend hours a week just commuting to work. Now I'm using it while I'm out walking or at home while I'm cooking or cleaning, while I'm making thumbnails or applying to comments, these very videos. And I've totally gotten my family hooked as well. They listen to the same books at the same time so they can chat about them after. It's like a family book club and it's adorable. And right now, personally, I'm re-listening to Ken Kashinda's creative selection for reasons I can't quite tell you about, at least not just yet. But Ken helped build the Safari browser at Apple, the iPhone keyboard, the watch faces, and so much more. And he details how Apple uses small teams, single people, and incredible focus to produce really amazing results. And with Audible Plus, you get full access to the Plus catalog filled with thousands of titles from audiobooks to popular and even exclusive podcasts and so much more. And now is just the absolute perfect time to try it out because with the holiday offer, Audible Plus is only $4.95 a month for your first six months. And even after that, it's still only $7.95 a month. Visit audible.com slash Renee Ritchie or text Renee Ritchie to 500-500 to check it out now. Just click on the link in the description, visit audible.com slash Renee Ritchie or text Renee Ritchie to 500-500. Thanks, Audible. And thanks to all of you for your support. For a ton more, a ton more on the Apple Silicon Macs, check out the playlist above. I'm doing in-depth analysis, reviews, and so much more to come. So click on the playlist and I'll see you next video.